0: listening to the My Pet Podcast, the show for pet lovers of Australia and around the world, proudly brought to you by Australia's trusted online pet supply store, Vet and Pet Direct. Hello and welcome to the My Pet Podcast. This is Dr. Glenn talking about uh, desexing dogs, the pros, the cons, the timing of desexing your dog. The desexing debate is uh, long. It is complex. Um, there are various nuances. There are biases, certainly depending on if you're coming from the side of uh, reproductive control of dogs from an animal welfare point of view versus an individual health issue point of view for pets. Um, so I'll try and go through the full gamut of the science behind the pros and cons and timing of desexing, um, why we do desexing, um, what it actually entails and um, the pros and cons there of it. Um, this is only General advice, um, any specifically veterinary advice that um, pertains to your pet, I would strongly have um, recommend having a discussion with your vet. Um, but this is a yeah discussion about um, the the factors involved with desexing your pet. Um, look, the most common time of desexing um, for pets in Australia recommended is six months of age. Um, there is nothing specifically wrong with that recommendation, um, and certainly if you cannot control your pet reproductively, um, both boys and girls are capable of reproducing anytime after six months of age. Realistically, so um, if you cannot control your pet's reproduction, would strongly recommend um, desexing at six months of age. Um, the timing of that desexing is important for a number of reasons, and um, we will go through those. Uh, mammary cancer certainly is the most common um, tumor type in female dogs, Um It is certainly significantly decreased incidence through desexing, and the time of desexing is quite important in that. If you desex a female dog at six months of age before she comes into season, um, she's got a lifetime risk of about 1% of getting mammary cancer. Um, That increases to an 8% chance if they have their first season, um, and increases further to a 26% chance of developing mammary cancer um, during a lifetime if they have two or more seasons. The more seasons they have, um, the more hormones are involved, and I think that rate probably sneaks up a little bit relatively with each season that they have. Um, About 50% of mammary tumours in dogs are malignant, which means that they can spread via the bloodstream to the lungs and becomes certainly a life-threatening condition, Um, and some of the benign tumours that we see in the mammary glands of dogs um, are certainly also able um, to cause life-threatening problems just through the size of the tumour. So um, desexing is a good way to prevent uh, mammary cancers most certainly and um an entire male dog that's got testicles certainly can get testicular cancer. It's only got about a 1% lifetime risk of developing testicular cancer. So it's relatively low risk on the scheme of things, but certainly removing the testicles stops that as a problem. Uh, cryptorchid dogs, so dogs with non-descended testicles that are held somewhere other than in the scrotum, um, have got a significantly higher risk of testicular cancer, and the standard recommendation for those pets with retained testicles is the sex at six months of age when it becomes obvious that that testicle is not going to appear on the scene um, and stop that potential for later on in life. So that is a big incidence there. Um, Prostate cancer, it seems a little bit counterintuitive and and can be a little bit counterintuitive to the um, general uh, rhetoric that's been um, put out about um, desexing male dogs, but um, entire male dogs have got a lower incidence of prostate cancer than desexed male dogs. It's not by much. It's it's a it's not a very common cancer at all. Um, Non-desex male dogs get about a zero point zero one percent chance of testicular cancer. That rises to zero point zero five percent chance of testicular cancer across a lifetime. Um, so it's yeah half of one percent of dogs get um, prostate cancer if they're desexed. Um, that is you know, still a very low overall incidence, but desexing does increase that risk somewhat. Um, Reproductive disorders um, are probably one of the main problems that we see with non-desexed female and male dogs. Um, Pyometra is a reasonably common problem in non-desexed female dogs that um, aren't desexed um, into sexual maturity. There is about a 25% incidence of pyometra by 10 years of age in non-desexed female dogs. Um, So a quarter of dogs that get to 10 years um, will have had or have got a pyometra happening. Um, Pyometra is a nasty uterine infection. So the uterus um, has usually abnormal amounts of mucus um, in there. usually because of polycystic ovarian disease, which becomes more common the more seasons that these um, female dogs have. And when they come in season, the cervix dilates a little bit, part of the normal reproductive process. And a few bacteria get into the um the uterus and it becomes infected from there. It's certainly a potentially fatal condition um, and there's been many pets that have died of Pymetra um, and if they succumb to Pymetra, um, it's usually a surgical condition, so surgical uh, cure for the condition. There are medical managements now that you can do, but they're a medical management that um, treats the condition for the moment, but the condition will return again unless that pet is desexed most likely. So um, it is certainly a, a large consideration as far as the um, desexing or not desexing debate. Um, and any time um, when they've come into season, they can um, get pyometra. and the older they are, the more likely they are to get it. I have seen pets um, at you know, 9, 10, 11 um, months of age, unfortunately, after their first season. They're unlucky, but that, but they can get a pyometra any time during their life um, when they're entire and still coming into season. So... Um, desexing certainly stops that from happening, um, and desexing was with males and females With males. We're primarily talking about uh, castration, so that's taking out the um, testicles, which removes um, both their sexual capability um, for reproduction and also their testosterone, so their, their normal um, secondary sexual characteristics. I mean, you can um, do vasectomies, and vasectomies um, stop the reproductive potential and maintain testicular function. Um, and in females, I mean, you can do an um, ovary sparing um spay where you remove the uterus um, but the ovaries remain intact um, and that means that they can't get a pyometra because they haven't got a uterus to become infected anymore but hormonally everything still keeps carrying on and um, doesn't change uh, any of the other incidences as far as increased or decreased um, mechanisms of um, hormones, as in um, still prone to get memory cancer, still prone um, to get the things that um, entire female dogs get, um, but they just haven't got a uterus. So it also means that the hormones are intact, um, and the things that um, female hormones seem to be a positive for are also left intact as well, which we will get into. So, um, uh, benign prostatic hyperplasia is certainly a problem in entire male dogs. Um, by 70, sorry, by six years of age, um, about 75% of entire male dogs have got a degree of benign prostatic hyperplasia. This is where the prostate tissue enlarges and becomes uh, more irregular and um, doesn't function normally over time under the direct influence of testosterone. So this means that the prostate does enlarge. Um, the urethra, which is the little tube that Takes we from the bladder to the outside, um, goes straight through the prostate. So you can sometimes start to get uh, increased signs of difficulty in urinating or uncomfortable urination, uh, more prone to ascending urinary tract infections. Um, and a prostate that's benignly enlarged is certainly more prone to uh, prostatic abscesses. Um, and prostatic abscesses can be quite nasty and, and sometimes are treated medically and sometimes um, need surgical intervention, which can be pretty nasty. Um, Prostatic hyperplasia is a reversible condition, so uh, unless you get nasty secondary infections on top that causes physical damage, um, you can stop prostate enlargement uh, from hyperplasia by by desexing, basically. So you can remove um, the source of testosterone and um, all those things go away. And that's, again, um, castration is usually surgically surgical. There is now um, an option for a a chemical castration or a, a hormonal castration where you give them a little implant, um, and this is both male and female dogs, that uh, stops them producing um, secondary sex hormone. so essentially it is the same as desexing, um, and we do use it occasionally mostly only for pets that are... Um, too old to be, um, deemed suitable for, um, a surgical procedure for, you know, age reasons, which is pretty uncommon. Um, and a few pets that have um, congenital heart conditions from the start and rather than desexing them and putting them under anesthetic when they're, you know, six, seven, eight months of age with a significant heart condition, um, some. Uh, owners take the option of of using that uh, injectable form of, of desexing, which needs to be repeated each six to 12 months, depending on which one you use. So uh, look, that's an option, but essentially the hormonal changes are the same, whether you're removing the ovaries or stopping the ovaries or the testicles from, from working properly. Um, Moving through the list, um, coming to cancerous processes, um, hormones seem to have some effect on uh, tumorous changes within the body that aren't just associated with the actual gonads themselves. There are increased incidences overall of lymphoma in um, most studies. Um, there's never been a group of 300 pets that have been, um, 150 of them desexed and 150 of them not desexed, otherwise treated the same throughout their life and um and Basically, fired through their life and see what happens and, and directly measure the effect of desexing or not desexing. Any of these studies are retrospective studies based usually on large patient groups that have been through either animal uh, welfare centres or um, specialist veterinary centres, just a, a large group of dogs where you've got um, vet histories on. And those figures are, are usually good figures, but to some extent, some of these studies can be um, skewed in certain directions. Depending depending on the pre-existing biases of who was looking at the study to some extent. Um, I'm not a statistician, um, but there's certainly some people um, in the veterinary industry um, have called into question some of the um, outcomes of some of the retrospective studies just because there's been some, um, a little bit of uh, picking of subjects and picking of um results that don't necessarily correspond to the overall population. So taking studies with a little bit of grain of salt that are retrospective studies, but it's the only thing we've got to go by on a scientific basis. Um, hemangiosarcomas are another type of tumor um, that we see. It's a blood vessel-based tumor. Um, overall, there's a negligible um, result through various studies for hemangiosarcomas. Certainly breeds like golden retrievers, there seems to be an increased incidence of um mandioca sarcoma is mostly of the spleen um, and that is a bit of a breed pre- predisposition for the breed as well Um I see an increased incidence of spays if they're over um, 12 months of age but if they're dissexed prior to one year of age that incidence drops down to 1.8% um, and it's 1.6% if they're not desexed at all so there it seems that either leaving them entire or desexing them early is quite protective versus desexing them after 12 months of age um, has an increased incidence which um, goes against some of the other cancer um, studies in other breeds and also um, for other types of tumour types. So there's no blanket recommendations. It's the the frustrating part. I mean, certainly large breed dogs that are prone to osteos- osteosarcomas, which are a devastating type of cancer that we see, um, Rottweilers, there's a significant genetic component to it because as a breed in comparable other large breed dogs, um, Rottweilers certainly have an increased incidence of osteosarcoma, which is quite terrible. Um, in one study involving a large number of dogs, there was an 8% Um, risk of osteosarcoma developing in entire dogs versus a 25% incidence in desexed dogs. Um, That's a one in four chance um, of developing osteosarcoma, a potentially fatal and usually fatal um, bone cancer uh, if your pet was desexed and it was a Rottweeler that seems like really bad odds so um you know there's a particular incidence there in Um, breed studies in vizslas and labradors showed no increased um, incidence of osteosarcoma across those breeds um, regardless of the time of desexing so again um, if you've got a rottweiler maybe you need to take that into account because those odds seem fairly bad um muscle mast cell tumors, uh, desexing, golden retrievers and vizslas seem to increase the incidence of mast cell tumors overall. Mast tumors are the com- most common skin cancer that we see in dogs. Um, so that's you know, an increased incidence in desexed dogs there. Um, moving on to orthopedic disorders, there's um, a fair bit of talk about um, hip dysplasia and the effects of desexing on hip dysplasia. Overall, the studies, there seems to be um, a mixed trend to a general trend to increasing hip dysplasia um, through desexing before maturity. Um, and perhaps um, that incidence doubles from like a 2 to 5% incidence in breeds that are prone to hip dysplasia to a 5 to 10% um, risk. Um, and that's in two different studies of Labradors and Golden Retrievers. So that seems to have an increased incidence. Um, some uh, people who've studied those studies um aren't convinced that the increase in body weight overall which is certainly a potential problem with desexing dogs um, hasn't been completely adjusted for as part of that um, part of that study so definitely pets that are desexed tend to gain weight easier um, and that's a factor as far as if you desex your pet, it probably needs ten to fifteen percent less food to maintain the same body weight because it hasn't got um, any sex hormones anymore that tend to increase m- metabolic rates and and slightly increase lean muscle mass. So if you um, have a desex dog, it's more likely certainly to be overweight, and an overweight dog is more likely to um, show signs of hip dysplasia um, if it is fatter than it should be. Um, there is still some changes that are suggestive of increased incidence of hip dysplasia in those dogs. So that's um, still a potential for increased incidence there. Uh, Cruciate ligament, um, the cruciate ligament incidence... um, in the general population of dogs, is less than two percent, so one point eight percent. And the overall dog population increasing to two point four to three point six percent in sex females, um, and in, in similar breeds. So, effectively, you know there, that is a, an increase, and it's nearly a double the increase. It's still a, you know, a small. Um, general population incidents becoming a slightly larger general population influence. Um, If you've got a breed that is prone to cruciate ligament troubles like Amstaffs and German Shepherds, Poodles, Mastiffs, Labradors, um, Golden Retrievers, certainly um, it's something to take into consideration um, as is the increase in body weight um, is probably the most significant factor in those. Um, There are the scientific um, reasons for potentially why desexing at different ages can change bone structures. There is a mechanism by which um, uh, sex hormones actually fuse growth plates earlier. So when a dog um, is desexed before it reaches the end of its growth phase at the end of puberty, um The growth plates actually keep growing for longer. So the bones do get a little bit longer. And there's a theory that the um, tibial crest right at the the top of the shin bone where the stifle, which is the knee joint that's affected by cruciate ligament damage, um, it does change some of the angles in there there's still, um, the jury's still out on that and there's, there's still um, studies that point in both directions there the most important thing is certainly if you have a medium to large breed dog um, and you're considering leaving them entire um, until the end of puberty again, males, I've got no troubles with that um, females, um, it depends on the relative incidence of you know, mammary tumors versus the cruciate side of things so there's a trade-off in both directions there um Obesity is certainly a big problem um, right across the board for dogs. Um, Obesity is a preventable disease through feeding less food. Um, A desexed male or female dog is certainly more likely to become overweight because their metabolism is slowed somewhat. Um, And there's been studies to suggest that um, desexed female dogs, um, for even having the same amount of food, their appetite is, is increased as well, which doesn't make it any easier to feed them that bit less, um, and diabetes seems to be um, an increased problem in di- with desexed male and female dogs, probably because of their increased levels of obesity. So um, again, the amount that you feed a desexed or non-desexed dog um, is the most important factor. Um, hypothyroidism. Um, hypothyroidism is quite an uncommon Problem with dogs, um, but it does seem to be increased by uh, desexing uh, by about thirty percent, going from a point two percent risk to a point three percent risk. So relatively, the increased risk is quite low, um, but it's still yeah, it's still a factor. Um, there's a theory behind that that think an from releasing hormones that um, are trying to stimulate. Um, Hormone production um, to the testicles or to the gonads um, aren't, uh, haven't got anywhere to go, haven't got anywhere to work properly, and the um, the pineal gland is affected by that, and, and that feeds back on the um, on the thyroid. It's a nice theory. Um, there's very little to back that up, but I mean scientifically, it sounds like a good theory, and it's also the same theory that goes along with um, a um, seemingly increased level of adrenal gland degree adrenal. Gland disease, uh, particularly uh, Cushing's disease, um, in de-sexed, um male and female dogs. There's no scientific data to back that up, but anecdotally, this seems to be um, in the veterinary community a bit of an undercurrent of we're seeing more. Um, uh, Cushing's disease in sex dogs versus non-desex dogs via the same pathway um, so that will probably come out in the wash over the next 15-20 years um, as more studies come through it will be interesting to see but it's um, the, the pathway mechanism seems right that if you haven't got any sex hormones uh, left in the body the only tissue that's um, potentially able to produce something that looks anything like a sex hormone is the adrenal gland um, and that's the one that's responsible um, for um having dysfunction and causing things like cushing's disease so um there, there's certainly a mechanism potentially there um behaviourally there are some changes that desexing does, and that's both positive and negative, certainly desexing entire male dogs <laughs> reduces the incidence of um male. Or intermale aggression, certainly, and, and testosterone-based um, dominance behaviour um, can be curbed by dissexing entire male dogs. Um, there's certainly decreased wandering behaviour um, and um, decreased um, aggression towards yeah, other entire male dogs um, is a big part of the potential um Uh, good points of desexing entire male dogs Um, there could also um, be an increased risk in anxiety behaviour in desexed dogs both male and female um, whether they're less Robust because they haven't got any sex hormones on board, but certainly anxiety behavior like separation anxiety, storm phobias, those sort of, um, um, anxiety based behaviors and, and reactivity based behaviors towards both dogs and family members and, and other people, um, seems to be an increased risk with the sex dog. So again, there's some pros and cons there. So it's, um, it's a complicated, um, little mass of, of things that we need to think about. Look, my standard recommendations are if you've got a, Meaning, a large breed dogs certainly consider keeping them entire potentially up to that 12 month mark. Um, weighing the pros and cons of that. Um, if you've got an entire male who isn't coping with, um, male sex hormones and it's affecting his life or, um, or your life um in time our dogs certainly when they hit PPD, are more likely to want to urinate on things and pee on things and, and there's various training aids um, and belly male belly bands and things that can help to curb that um, marking urination sort of behavior but it's all these things that we need to take into account when thinking about you know dissecting versus not dissexing. but um if you're Keeping a male dog entire, certainly um, from four or five years of age, I strongly recommend at least six monthly checkups to maintain its um, prostate health, so you need to know if that prostate is enlarging and if it is, um, likely do something about it, including desexing. If you've got a female dog that um, you have got a medium to large breed dog that you're concerned about um, conformational changes around the stifle. um, or hip dysplasia, et cetera, if you can control them for their first season and not get them pregnant on their first season, um, go through to their first Um, season okay and get them to 12 months of age there's probably limited benefit to keeping them entire after 12 months of age when taking the relative risk of that mammary cancer um, increase and also the pyometra side of things Um, but again if you're um, keeping a female dog entire past 12 months of age um, regular vet checks regular palpations of those mammary tissues to make sure that if they do develop mammary cancer you're onto it early um, and you can do surgically um, something about it so a number of things to consider there's no blanket rules there but it's probably a little bit more nuanced than the old um D6 set, six months across the board radio thanks guys <laughs>